This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. In today's challenging world, it's very easy to start feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed. If you're experiencing any of these feelings, BetterHelp is here for you. They offer licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you're matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. You can also request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. Join the 3 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Holidays After Dark. That's BetterHelp.com slash Holidays After Dark. Hey everyone, welcome to Holidays After Dark, the podcast that explores the strange, fascinating, and lesser-known sides of the holidays we all know and love. I'm your host, Kristen. We're a couple weeks into May now, and with that comes warmer temperatures, more opportunities to be outside, and, of course, a few pretty big holidays here in the United States. Later this month, we will celebrate Memorial Day, which usually comes as a welcome day off of work for many people. But before that, coming up on Sunday, May 14th, is Mother's Day. Over the course of history, there have been many well-known mothers. There was Mother Teresa, who, funny enough, didn't have any kids, you know, due to that Catholic nun vow of chastity thing. There's Abigail Adams, who was not only married to a president, but also gave birth to one. And Marie Curie, who won multiple Nobel Prizes for her work in science while simultaneously raising small children. Pop culture has also given us many notable moms, including the sensual and mysterious Morticia Adams, Daenerys Targaryen, the mother of dragons from Game of Thrones, and the frazzled but lovely Kate McAllister from the Home Alone franchise. But, in my opinion, there is one pop culture mother that brings a special level of intrigue and depth to the big screen in a mystifying and terrifying way that has been scaring children since her incarnation. The other mother from the book and subsequent film adaptation, Coraline. It is important to note that there are some significant differences between the book and the movie, and while I do love the book, I'll only be talking about the specifics of the movie this time around. And as a disclaimer, Coraline is one of my all-time favorite movies. After first seeing it over a decade ago, I instantly fell in love with the dark storyline, the witty and strong-willed title character, and the whimsical world Coraline exists within. The story has twists and turns and keeps me engaged from start to finish, even though I've seen it too many times to count. I think most would agree that the scariest element of Coraline is the other world she ends up discovering, and especially the other mother, an evil counterpart to Coraline's real-life mom. But before we dive into the psychology behind this other mother, let's go through a rundown of the film. begins with a great opening sequence that shows a doll being taken apart, its button eyes removed, and a new doll being sewn by creepy metallic hands. 
We haven't met the title character yet, but we will later discover that the new doll looks just like Coraline. Coraline and her family arrive at the Pink Palace Apartments. She begins exploring outside to look for a secret well, gets spooked by the creepy surroundings, and meets a black cat and a boy named YB, whose grandma owns the apartments. He makes an odd comment that his grandma usually doesn't rent to people with kids. Perhaps there's a deeper reason for this. The next day, Coraline is stuck in the house because it's raining outside. Her parents are seemingly detached and absorbed in their own work. The inside of the house looks kind of drab and barren. At one point, Coraline's mom gives her a doll that looks just like her, saying that YB delivered it. While wandering the house out of boredom, Coraline discovers a small locked door. Her mom finds a key to it, but when they open it, the entrance has been bricked up. That night, Coraline goes to sleep with her look-alike doll watching over her on the bedside table. In the middle of the night, she wakes up, sees a mouse, and follows it down to the small door. This time, though, she finds the bricks are gone and it now opens to a colorful tunnel. She crawls down the tunnel and finds herself in a house that looks exactly like her own, just a little more colorful and vibrant. She goes into the kitchen and sees someone who looks just like her mom, except she has buttons for eyes. She's cooking a huge, delicious-smelling meal. Coraline then finds her father, who also has button eyes, writing songs and singing joyfully. They go to the kitchen and begin chowing down on all the perfect food. It seems a bit too good to be true. The other mother presents her with a cake that says welcome home and tells her they've been waiting for her and that everyone has another mother besides their normal one. This weirds Coraline out, so upon her insistence, the other parents put her back to bed. The next morning, Coraline wakes up back in her normal house. Wondering if it was just a dream, she checks the small door, only to find it's bricked up again. She tells her parents, and they think she just had a vivid dream. Coraline sets out to meet the neighbors at her new home. First up is Mr. Bobinski, an acrobat who runs a mouse circus. He says his mice wanted to give her a message not to go through the little door, but he doesn't know what they're talking about. Next, she goes to visit Miss Spink and Miriam, two former actresses who are very over-the-top and eccentric. They have a clan of Scottish terriers who they treat like they're human children. They even stuff and display the dead ones. Miss Spink gives her a tea leaf reading and tells her she is in terrible danger. The image in the bottom of the cup looks kind of like the hand seen making the doll in the beginning of the movie. Coraline runs into YB outside and he says he's never been inside the Pink Palace, but his grandma says it's dangerous. She apparently had a twin sister who disappeared in the house and has never been found. That night, Coraline once again follows the mice down the tunnel behind the tiny door. She finds the other mother cooking again. The other mother tells her to go fetch her other father, who is outside tending to a beautiful and mystical garden. All the plants and animals come to life and the colors are magically vibrant, a complete contrast to her normal world. After she eats with her other parents, they invite YB inside, but this time he has button eyes and can no longer speak. They go watch the jumping mice circus perform together. It's all very impressive and goes off without a hitch. After, the other parents put her to bed and she wakes up back in her real house. 
the days with her real parents continue to be a little depressing. None of them have fully adjusted to their new home, and her parents seem stressed. For the first time, Coraline checks the mini door during the day and finds the tunnel to the other world. Waiting for her is a new outfit and, of course, more great food. This time, the black cat is there and he can suddenly talk. He warns her that this other world isn't the dream it seems to be. Her other parents then present her with button eyes and try to convince her to stay in this world, promising that everything will be perfect forever. Coraline freaks out and rushes off to bed in hopes of getting back to real life. She says she's never coming back to this other world. When she wakes up, instead of being back in her normal life, she is still stuck in the other world. Quickly, things start to spiral for the worse. The other father appears controlled by mother, and the seemingly perfect world starts disintegrating before her eyes. Suddenly, she is trapped in this world by the other mother, who transforms into an evil, almost spider-like creature. She throws Coraline through a wall, where she is then trapped with the spirits of missing children. They tell her she has to escape and find their eyes, which have been replaced with buttons. If she does, their souls will be free. Coraline escapes back to normal life, only to find her real parents are missing. The black cat leads her to a mirror, where she can see her parents are trapped and begging her to help them. Coraline must go back to the other world to defeat the other mother and get her parents back. First, Coraline searches the other world for the eyes of the missing children. She collects them one by one as the other world begins to disappear, as it is all an illusion that is being wiped away. She then battles the other mother, who tried to trap her in a spider's web she constructed to prevent her from leaving. After a tense fight, Coraline makes it back to real life. She is reunited with her parents, who act as if they have no idea what happened and have no memory of being kidnapped by the other mother. Coraline suddenly has a new appreciation for her real parents and realizes her world isn't as bad as she used to think. She may not have it all, but she has exactly what she needs. When she goes to sleep that night, she sees the missing children and they tell her their souls have been freed, but she is still in danger. She has to get rid of the key to the other world in order to be truly safe. She runs out to the well to get rid of it, but the hand of the other mother follows her and attempts to drag her back to the other world. YB comes to her rescue, and together they defeat the hand and get rid of the key. They seal up the well to keep it from ever escaping. Peace has been restored, and the film ends with Coraline and her parents hosting a happy gathering for all the neighbors. It turns out, one of the missing children Coraline encountered in the other world was YB's grandma's sister. Now that her sister's soul has been freed, there seems to be a light essence about YB's grandma, likely one she hasn't felt in decades. The last scene depicts the black cat seemingly walking out of the normal world and back into the unknown. since this is a Mother's Day episode, I want to focus on the other mother, do a comparison of her and the real mother, and also explore Coraline's relationship to and feelings about both of them. 
Nonetheless, because this is one of my favorite films, I can't do this episode without sharing some of my thoughts and feelings about the story as a whole. Starting with the aesthetic of the film, I love the contrast and back and forth between the drab, gray feel of Coraline's real world compared to the extremely colorful, whimsical, almost sparkly backdrop we see in the other world. It's like a literal depiction of putting on rose-colored glasses. Her dissatisfaction with her normal life is made very clear by the scenery, and then the other world comes to life to try to brainwash her into staying forever. I think the overarching theme of the movie is something we've all been able to relate to in our lives at one point or another. Maybe in childhood, or perhaps even as adults. It's very easy to take your day-to-day life for granted. When you wake up every day in the same environment, surrounded by the same people, doing the same things day after day as most of us find ourselves doing, it can get a little redundant. Children often feel their parents are somehow different from their friends' parents or other parents they're exposed to, and often not for the better. Accusations of their parents being too strict, mean, or not letting them have any fun seem to be common, even when there's no truth behind the claims. Throughout our lives, we often find ourselves taking things for granted and simply going through the motions of our life without, literally or figuratively, ever stopping to smell the flowers. We don't take the time to think about how much we would miss some of those things until they are, in fact, gone from our lives. This is certainly how Coraline feels about her life. She's bitter about having to move away from her friends in Pontiac and sees her parents as absorbed in their work and not really caring about how miserable she is. But then, when she starts to realize the other world isn't perfect at all and it's actually evil and trying to keep her away from her parents forever, she starts to gain an appreciation for her mom, dad, and new home that she had never felt before. On a personal note, this concept hits home for me because it's very much what I experienced when I moved away from my hometown of St. Louis, where all my friends and family are, to Los Angeles, where I knew basically no one. Although there were a lot of good things about living in LA, and it's still one of my favorite cities in the world, living that far from everyone in my life really made me feel a level of appreciation I had never felt before. It made me realize that spending time with those I care about is more important and valuable than living in a cool city, but only getting to see them maybe a few times a year. It was a surefire lesson that the grass isn't always greener on the other side, and sometimes location is worth sacrificing, at least for the time being. Throughout most of the movie, Coraline and her mom are depicted as being not overly close. Her mom is understandably stressed out and is trying to deal with their recent move, getting the new house set up, and trying to keep up with the demands of her job. Coraline seems to take all of this very personally, and it's likely the reason why she is so enamored with the other mother the first time she meets her. She sees a representation of everything she wishes her real mom was. The other mother is stylish, happy, friendly, and an excellent cook. Anything Coraline desires, the other mother gives her. Initially, seeing how fun and perfect the other mother is makes Coraline even more bitter toward her real mom. They get into a tiff when they go clothes shopping to get Coraline's uniforms for school, and her mom won't buy her a cute pair of gloves she wants. It isn't until the other mother kidnaps her real parents and Coraline thinks she's never going to be with them again that she starts to view her parents, and especially her mother, differently. 
Just like most parents, they aren't perfect, but they're trying their best. The extreme way the other mother is depicted during the battle scene with Coraline, to me, is a metaphor for how when we don't value the people we do have in our lives, the opposite can come about tenfold to send us the scary and bitter message that we will regret what we don't appreciate. The other mother turns into a giant spider capable of killing Coraline or kidnapping her and stealing her soul. This seems to be a concrete representation of our fear of losing everything we love. Once her parents are rescued, Coraline's newfound gratitude towards them seems to confuse them at first, but it quickly pays off as it's obvious that their dynamic changes by the end of the film, and they're all much happier and able to enjoy spending time together in their new home. By the time I discovered Coraline, I was an adult, but I can only imagine how terrifying the other mother must be to children who watch the movie. Really, the entire premise of the movie is a kid's worst nightmare. Being kidnapped, never to see your parents again, and having your eyes removed and replaced with buttons? That's like gory adult horror movie level stuff. But especially in regards to the other mother, for many children, their mother is supposed to be the person in their life they can trust, rely on, and feel safe with the most. The thought of having this all taken away and replaced with someone who is actively trying to harm you and hold you hostage is unsettling to say the least. So on this Mother's Day and always, let's all focus on having an appreciation for our mothers, mother-like figures, and really for our lives in general, no matter how much like Groundhog's Day they may feel like sometimes. If you're ungrateful, you may wake up one morning with buttons for eyes. If you have any interesting holiday-related stories you'd like me to share in an episode this season, feel free to send them to me. Email Kristen at HolidaysAfterDark.com, direct message at Holidays Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, or find Holidays After Dark on Facebook. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss your dose of holiday darkness. A rate or review would also be greatly appreciated. Thank you to my sister Ashley for editing and producing the podcast. Today I will leave you with some lyrics from the song that the other father sings for Coraline in the movie, which was written by the band They Might Be Giants. Making up a song about Coraline. She's a peach, she's a doll, she's a pal of mine. She's as cute as a button in the eyes of everyone who ever laid their eyes on Coraline. When she comes around exploring, mom and I will never ever make it boring. Our eyes will be on Coraline. This episode is sponsored by Keen. Are you wondering what 2023 will have in store for you? Or maybe you're looking for love advice or to get a tarot card reading to give you some guidance on how you should proceed throughout the year? Well, look no further. Keen connects you with gifted psychics, tarot readers, and astrologers. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. Their readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. You also have the freedom to choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect with them via phone call or text. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. 
Go to trykeen.com slash holidays after dark to save big on your first reading. That's T-R-Y-K-E-E-N.com slash holidays after dark. Feel more confident about your future by trying Keen today.